We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 30th, 2011. And the next part is we're going to segue into the 18 examples of how Christians are being specifically targeted by Big Brother. Now again, I just got done reading some verses, New Testament verses, regarding persecution, particularly persecution in the end times that a Christian can expect to endure. And um, not very popular types of verses, but again... uh, it's better to know the truth than to live a lie. And um, not to say God can't protect you, though, you know, or, or, or that this is supposed to do something that's going to hurt your faith. I'm not here to hurt your faith. I'm here to build it up. I want, I want to see you know, people, but I also want them to have a, uh, a reality check at the same time regarding what's coming so that they're not deceived into thinking something's coming that is not. So, 18 examples of how Christians are being specifically targeted by Big Brother. This is from the American Dream. And I believe this is a, like a kind of like a secular writing, actually kind of defending Christianity. And they're coming at it from the standpoint of like, and they say this, and I've, I've kind of edited it out because it doesn't apply to my listeners, but many times they'll say in here and they'll stop and say, if you're secular, or if you're somebody that's not religious or not a Christian, and think, well, I don't care about this because it doesn't apply to me. Think again. Because if it happens to the Christians, it's just a matter of time before they come after you for something you're doing. If you if it happens to them, it's going to happen to all of us to a certain extent. And that's how they're going about the, writing this article. Which is kind of rare from a secular standpoint, but I thought it was kind of an interesting take on things. Uh, starting, it says, when the freedom of speech of one group is being threatened, it is a threat to all of us. The truth is that any individual or group that does not fit in with the new politically correct global system that is emerging is going to be persecuted sooner or later. In our society today, it has become quite fashionable to bash Christians. In fact, I am quite certain that some of the comments that get left after this article will say horrible things about Christians. But after Big Brother is done with the Christians, are you sure that they will not come after you next? When I speak of Big Brother, I am not just speaking of the government. In today's world, giant corporations and the mainstream media also play instrumental roles in the totalitarian police state grid system that is being constructed all around us. The elite control the government, they run nearly all of our major corporations, and they own most of our major media outlets. Anyone that does not conform to their system is a threat. As time goes by, the persecution of those that attempt to rebel against their system is going to become more intense. The following are 18 examples of how Christians are currently being specifically targeted by Big Brother. Number one, home Bible studies are now banned in the city of San Juan Capistrano, California. According to city officials, regular gatherings of more than three people in private homes are simply not allowed. One couple that has held home Bible studies for years has been fined twice and is being threatened with even more fines. Land of the free, home of the brave. Bible studies. More than three people? I mean, again, there's not words. I'm at a loss for words on the insaneness of this. Number two, PayPal has initiated formal investigations of a large number of Christian websites and organizations. Apparently, many of these investigations have been launched due to concerns that the websites and organizations do not hold a politically correct view of sexuality. Why? Because they're, they're, they're not pro-homosexual, and they've been outspoken about that. According to World Daily Net, PayPal has targeted including Americans for Truth, Last Day's Watchmen, and a host of other Christian organizations. I've talked a little bit about this in weeks past. Uh, Christian organizations, including Abiding Truth Ministries, New Generation Ministries, Nora Drapita of Romania, Truth in Action Ministries, Dove World Outreach, Faith Word Baptist Church, Family Research Institute, and American Society for the Defense of Traditional Marriage. So now, PayPal has become the thought police. And they say who and who cannot be one of their, you know, little minions. And, uh, who can do business through them anymore. Unbelievable. Three, in Wichita, Kansas this year, last year, and I reported on this as well, a Christian minister was handcuffed and hauled off to jail by police for sharing the gospel and handing out tracts to Muslims on a public sidewalk. 
Apparently, freedom of speech does not apply on the public sidewalks of America any longer. Number four, in the UK, police recently threatened a cafe owner with arrest for silently playing a Bible DVD on a small television in the back of his cafe. The following is an excerpt from the mail from a Daily Mail article about the incident. Quote, Mr. Murray, 31 years old, was left shocked after he was questioned for nearly an hour by the officers who arrived unannounced on the premises. He said he had turned off the Bible DVD after an aggressive inquisition during which he thought he was going to be arrested and marched out of the cafe like a criminal. Wow. The guy had a Bible DVD silently playing in the back of his cafe and, the, and the, uh, again, the thought police show up. I mean, <laughs> you know, you just gotta, you just have to get to a point where, you know, you're going to be put in a position where you're going to have to make up your mind and take a stand. One way or another, it's going to happen to all of us. You know, there it, it's. I would almost guarantee you, in one way, shape, or form, this is all this all same dynamic. This all this same satanic move is going to influence or affect all of us, or we're going to be put in a position. So just settle it now in your mind. You know, absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. That's basically my mindset. You know. Go ahead, kill me, because I'm not gonna. I'm not going to recant. I'm not going to betray Jesus Christ. I'm not going to recant him. I'm not going to apologize for worshiping the Creator God of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the First and the Last. I'm not going to apologize. Do whatever you're going to do. If you think if you think God will let you do it, because you know what. You can't kill me before God says you can kill me. Because it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. You can't kill me any sooner than God says you can kill me. If that's, if that's his plan for me, there's nothing that you could... See, that's how a lot of um, men in times past viewed their life. They were absolutely fearless in certain situations because they knew that it was appointed when they were supposed to die. And there was nothing that they could really do to change that appointment. There was nothing that they could do. So they lived their life absolutely, totally fearlessly. The uh, uh, great man of God um, that I've known, Les Zerby, I remember one time uh, I just heard him speaking at a, uh, a church that I was attending. He's a, he's a missionary. Um, to Him and his wife were missionary to the uh, Eskimos up in Alaska. And he was also a missionary in um, Africa. And he told me something that's always stuck with me. I've, I've wrote it down, and I've pretty much memorized it. And I'm not saying that I am like the ultimate example of this, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, he told me that the two things he found about, particularly, well, fearless men of God he knew. Okay, I'm not saying this wouldn't apply to a woman as well, okay? But he said that the two things that he always found were true was that they had totally surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ in every aspect of their life. And the second thing was, when, and this is something where he's lived his life by, whenever he was in an area, like he was like in areas of Africa, he went over to Russia, he would always go toward wherever his greatest fear was. That's where he would go to first. Wherever the greatest fear was that was there in a particular area where he had never been before, he went toward his greatest fear. And that's how he's lived his whole life. And, I mean, you talk about some miraculous doors that um, God's opened for that man. Whoo! He got a backbone like a redwood. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. May we all have that type of courage and in the days and times to come. I mean, that's something that God's searching for. I really do believe that. And, and really, it only can come through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't muster this up. You can't just be Mr. Big and Bad and bow up against Satan and say, I'm going to whatever. And it has to totally be equipping from God. It also has a lot to do with your faith. I mean, I think it has about everything to do with your faith. Really do. Um, 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The larger your faith, the more you will be emboldened or equipped to do mighty exploits for God. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I truly believe that there's going to be a certain uh, part of the remnant Christianity that are going to do mighty exploits for God in the days and times coming. And I don't think they're going to come out of the prosperity gospel movement or Benny Hinn's church or Smiley Joel Osteen's church. Very doubtful. Very doubtful. And I'm not saying that, that, you know, whatever, anything about myself. I'm just saying, in general, I do believe that's going to happen. I do believe God is preparing his remnant for these things. And here's the big thing. If you would desire that for yourself, I think the thing, your mindset would need to be that it's not about you showing everybody how brave you are even through the Lord Jesus Christ, as it is about what is your motivation? Is it my motivation personally for that would be have nothing to do with showing everybody how big and bad I was, but about glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ, about seeing people get saved. That's what my motivation would be regarding something like that. And I've said this before, you can have like, you know, nuclear warheads pointed at your house. You can have tanks outside. You can have SWAT teams. You can have, you know, every technology Area 51 can throw at you. So what? You can have that all at your front door. You know what? My God created the universe. Beat that. Top that. You can't do it. You can't top that. But you have to have the faith to believe. Because if you don't, I believe you forfeit that protection to a certain extent. I'm not saying God can't protect you. But... That's why the Bible says, regarding the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, where it says, Above all, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith ye will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And obviously, the other implements of the armor of God are very important, and the only offensive weapon is the word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. Which just so happens to be, when Jesus comes back on a white horse, what comes out of his mouth? A flaming two-edged sword, essentially, that devours the enemies at Armageddon which is symbolic of the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So, the Bible says, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? That's a good verse to memorize. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Do you, do you believe literally you could use that verse in spiritual warfare? Or if literally confronted by evil? I do. I believe you can. That's just one of many, obviously. But anyway, again, and I don't. I say that because I'm not here to like give you all the negative stuff and say, "Oh, they're going to get you. You you better be scared." No, 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 no. I'm here to educate you and to inform you so that you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. So that you can reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them and make them manifest and help other people and be salt and light to the earth. But also to build your faith so that you can believe you could do the same thing. But I don't have that kind of faith. Well, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Start listening to the word of God. Reading it, meditating on these types of things. Memorizing it. Because there may come a day in the very near future where our Bibles are taken away. So, going further, uh, let's see here. Last year, a high school, uh, this is point number five. Last year, a high school student in Southern California was suspended for two days because he held private conversations with his classmates during which he discussed Christianity. He was also banned from bringing his Bible to school ever again. Ah, oh, this gets me so fired up. Ugh. He had a private conversation with his classmates. Now, if it would have been about Islam, that would have been fine. If it would have been about the virtues of the illegal aliens, that would have been cool. If it would have been about probably Mormonism or any other cult on the planet, that would have been, or homosexuality or the virtues of getting an abortion, that's fine, that's good. You know, 
But, no, no, the one thing that you can't talk about is the Lord Jesus Christ. can't do that. Which just goes to show you that that's the one thing that we really should be talking about and mentioning. Because Satan is against any um, voicing or... or, or, or uh, dissemination of truth regarding the Lord Jesus Christ, regarding the Word of God. He's going to be against that. And the school systems are a horrific place of, of you know evolution, sex education, all manner of, of promotion of homosexuality and abortion. So it's no wonder that would happen in the uh, modern-day demonic school system of America. And, the, and he was actually banned from bringing his Bible to school forever. <laughs> Whatever. Number six, big cable networks re- regularly feature comedians that love to mock Christians. I can't even stand these guys. When they, whenever I've seen clips of these devils when they get going, I'm the, you talk about no fear of God, no fear of God whatsoever. These these uh, devil comedians that do this stuff. For example, HBO comedian Bill Maurer, Mayor or whatever his name is, recently stated that there's a term for people who hate charity and love killing. It's Christian. That's what he said. You know, I pray the guy gets saved, but, you know, these types of people that go out and uh, do this stuff and say this stuff, whew. <laughs> um, see my teaching on Psalm 64 and imprecatory prayers. And um, there's just no fear of God. Then he goes on to say, if that had been said about another minority group, it would have made front page headlines for weeks. Absolutely. But you can say whatever you want to about Bible-believing Christians, but don't you dare criticize anyone else on planet Earth that, that is of any, you know, it's particularly if they're wicked, like a cult or something like that, or homosexuals or pro-abortion people. Don't you dare say anything about them. Then it's a hate crime. You can say whatever you want to, though, about Christians, you know. Number seven, down in Texas, the Department of Veteran Affairs actually tried to ban prayers that included the words God or Jesus during funeral services for veterans. A funeral service, they're trying to ban the word God or Jesus. Again, you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. You let him get away with this stuff. There's no public outcry about this. There's no prayer going up about it. It'll become law. I'm not, I'm not like indicting any of my listeners. I'm just saying in general, as a general statement. Uh, number eight, in North Carolina last year, a pastor was dismissed from his chaplain duties for praying in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Unbelievable. Number nine, an unclassified Department of Homeland Security report published a couple of years ago entitled Right-Wing Extremism, Current Economic and Political Climate Fueling Resurgence in Radicalization and Recruitment. Now, much of almost every point I'm talking about here has its own separate clickable link that you can click on. If you don't believe this or if you want to research any of these points further, they're all clickable on the 17-page PDF for October 30th, 2011. I try to provide this service every single week, um, which actually, this acts as my template for my teaching every week, and you can follow along and or research these points more thoroughly if you like. Anyway, this document, this Department of Homeland Security document, claims that a belief in Bible prophecy could motivate extremist individuals and groups to stockpile food, ammunition, and weapons. The report goes on to state that such people are politically dangerous, or potentially dangerous. And again, it's being done against the Christians. Number 10, back in February 20th, 2009, the state of Missouri issued a report entitled MIAC, Strategic Report in the Modern Militia Movement, that report warned that the following types of people may be potential terrorists. Anti-abortion activists, those that are against illegal immigration, those that consider the New World Order a threat, and those that have a negative view of the United Nations. Hey, I'm all the above. (laughs) Me. (laughs) You know? But I guess I'm a potential terrorist, according to them. Again, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That's what we're just seeing more and more increasingly every day. Okay, so then point 11, 
all over the nation, child protection agencies, CPS or whatever they are, are ripping an inordinate number of children out of Christian homes. In many of these cases, the parents believe in homeschooling their children, or they do not believe in having their children vaccinated. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But again, this is this is what, you know, this is where America's moving. This is um, what is going on, on in an increasing level. You know, in, in the, I've done whole sections on child protective services and how wicked and evil and, and what a tool of Satan that is. But point number 12, on June 18, 2010, two Christians decided that they would peacefully pass out copies of the Gospel of John on a public sidewalk outside a public Islamic festival in Dearborn, Michigan, which has like the highest uh, population or percentage of Muslims in America. Now, a lot of places in Michigan have that. Anyway, and within three minutes of them publicly, peacefully handing out copies of the Gospel of John on a public sidewalk outside a, a public Islamic festival, within three minutes, eight police officers surrounded them and placed them under arrest. That's freedom for you. I, and I, I, like that one, I've done a whole, I had that featured in one of my teachings. A lot of these, I've had specific things where I've acted, but this is like a synopsis of a lot of the things I've already covered. Number 13, a Christian consultant was recently fired by Bank of America and by Cisco because they discovered a book that he had written that expressed Christian viewpoints about social issues. Well, you know, if you're working for Bank of America and Cisco, you're basically working for Satan anyway. I hate to say that, but I mean, they're very, very, very corrupt. Uh, and, And again, banking, anything banking related, you're just dealing totally with unjust weights and balances. You're dealing with, you know, money printed and it's not even worth the paper it's printed on, in, in, technically speaking. There's nothing backing the money anymore. There's no precious metals backing the money. And uh, it's fiat, meaning fake currency. So that system is just corrupt. Going further, number 14. A while back, a federal judge actually ruled that the University of California can deny course credit to applicants from Christian high schools that used textbooks that taught that God was the one that created the earth. This is my favorite one, I think, of them all. And I don't mean that. I mean that sarcastically, obviously. Let me read that to you again, number 14. A federal judge, a black-robed devil, probably a 33rd-degree mason, which is what most of them are, or at least some form of mason, a black-robed devil, federal judge, actually ruled that the University of California can deny course credit to applicants from Christian high schools that use textbooks that teach that it was God that created the earth. Wow. Wow. I mean, again, I'm just speechless on a lot of these. Number 15. Back in 2009, one eight-year-old boy in Massachusetts was sent home from school and was forced to undergo a psychological evaluation because he drew a picture of Jesus on the cross. Yep, you heard me right. There's something wrong with him. He needs to be on meds. That's how they get you into the system. You know? Oh, there's something psychologically, you know. Get get him on get him on the, the uh sorcery pharmacia, which is where we derive the word sorcery in the Bible from, the word pharmacia, which is where we get the root word for you know, pharmaceuticals, pharmacy. Yeah. Number 16, the Obama administration has announced that there is a whole host of laws that it will not be enforcing. But one thing that the Obama administration has chosen to do is to aggressively pursue lawsuits against any any anti-abortion protester. Against anti-abortion protesters. That's where they want to prioritize our, our tax money at work. Number 17, during a congressional hearing earlier this year, U.S. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee warned that Christian militants might try to bring down the country and that such groups need to be investigated. (laughs) 
Yet they let the illegal aliens pour in in the from the the south unchecked for like was it decades now just about and a huge percentage of the ones coming in literally are high level jihadists islamic extremists that are for, that have been forming terrorist cells in america for like since the 80s but those are all ignored that's all good that that's all you know pixie sticks and buttercups and and that, that's all good it's the dangerous Christian extremists that we have to really worry about. They're the real threat. I mean, it's so flagrantly obvious what they're doing here. 18. According to a shocking FBI document obtained by Oath Keepers, the FBI definition of suspicious activity now includes making, quote, extreme religious statements and believing in radical theology. The good news is there is still at least a limited amount of religious freedoms in America. It may be gone soon, though, but at least we are in better shape than most of the globe. Almost 70% of the population of the world now lives in countries where religious activities are highly restricted. Now, you know, that would be mostly applying to Christianity. Okay, if, if, it's, if it's the religion of the state, obviously that's not going to be hindered. You know, in, in Middle East countries... You know, Islam is, is, for the most part, what dominates those types of societies. So that is not going to be restricted, okay? But um, Christianity seems to be the common denominator of the, of the religion always, always, always targeted in these restricted countries. When, you know, if you were Satan, wouldn't that be what you tried to do? Restrict true Bible-believing Christianity? Make sure as few people as possible... Uh, hear the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, have access to a Bible, have the chance to get saved? Wouldn't that be what you would... Yes, and that's what he's doing. The sad truth is, is that the entire planet is moving away from freedom of religion. That is a right that we are supposed to be guaranteed under the U.S. Constitution. But it should be obvious to everyone that our right to religious freedom is rapidly dying. Once they take away our rights away, it will be much easier for them to take away all the rest of our rights away. Okay, and again, you know, I always want to emphasize what I, that little rant I had about faith and about the Lord being able to deliver you from any situation and use you mightily no matter what. That's what I really want to emphasize. Yes, I want to tell you what potentially is on the horizon or what they've already done. I don't want you to be in the dark about these types of issues. But I, but I want your faith to ultimately be built up and not tore down. So, going further, electric skin implants, uh, sign of the beast be warned, is the name of this particular video. It says, anyone concerned about civil liberties should be very concerned about this video from Bloomberg. Electronics have now been developed that are stretchable to wear as a tattoo. These devices can also be surgically implanted. When we consider where the financial system is headed, it is the precursor of the electronic cash where no one will be able to buy or sell if they refuse these devices. Okay. Uh, according to Revelation 13, 16 through 18. So it's a video. I'm not going to play it. It's, it's a Bloomberg video on that particular subject, on the technology they're admitting to. Now, relating to that subject, New World Order, uh, this is the next article, New World Order implantable RFID chips are capable of remotely killing non-compliant slaves. These chips are here. This is from Natural News, um, which is not a Christian organization. Okay, but um, Ellen A. Huff of Natural News. Positioned as the solution to eliminating identity theft, lost wallets and purses, and a host of other information breaches, the all-inclusive implantable RFID tracking chip is gaining momentum for widespread implementation. Recent reports indicate that the RFID tracking chip capable of killing humans that presumably do not comply with rogue government demands has already been invented. There is simply no denying the fact that the powers that be are working toward microchipping all of humanity. Countless news reports, including those compiled in the following YouTube clip, openly speak of microchips designed for implement, implementation into human skin. I give you the link to that. I've already played, I think, some of these in previous teachings, but the, 
documentation is all here. But what many people do not realize is that the technology now exists and has already been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for use in humans. Not only did the chips silently and invisibly store and transmit personal data, but they can also be encoded to perform a variety of other functions. Beginning at the 42-second mark, the, this YouTube clip contains a segment on the killer RFID microchip that, upon being remotely triggered, can send a lethal dose of cyanide into a person's skin. The Fox News reporter that introduces the segment can be heard saying that the chip will kill you if you get out of line. That's a quote. I guarantee you the Mark of the Beast will have this option or some option like it. Later in the YouTube compilation, around 4.45, Chairman and CEO of Applied Digital Solutions, Scott Silverman, who happens to have a rare chip in his own arm, he practices what he preaches, you got to at least give him that much, promotes the technology is useful and beneficial during a CNBC segment. Several of the hosts can be heard questioning Silverman about the slippery slope of the technology, and how it could be used to control the world's populations. The Positive ID Corporation, which produces the Verichip, has also announced that the Israeli military recently ordered implantable microchips for its soldiers. The stated reason for this is that the chips will supposedly aid in, quote, disaster preparedness and emergency management. Assuming that they will only be used for benign-sounding purposes that their proponents claim, which is highly unlikely, human microchips are a privacy nightmare. Because human microchips trans- transmit information via RFID and GPS signals. Criminals can easily hijack personal data by intercepting transmission signals. This is a whole other can of worms that they will open up um, as you know more people get these things. I've done, uh, I give you the links here for this article, for other teachings that relate to this article. And for three teachings I've done. One entitled, The National ID and the Mark of the Beast. One, the real ID, the implantable microchip and the mark of the beast. And the other one is the hexagram and the mark of the beast. Now, I talked about the hexagram earlier. This is the one I did on that subject that is very important as well regarding you really need to get up to speed on that symbol if you if you don't know. Now, these are all from 07, so they're a little dated, but the information is uh, uh, still very important. So, going further, next article, White House... Death panel fully operational now. Secret panel can put Americans on kill list. American militants like Anwar Alawaki are placed on a kill or capture list by a secretive panel of senior government officials, which then informs the president of his decisions, according to officials. There is no public record of the operations or decisions of the panel. It seems, I mean, it all seems transparent enough to me. What, what, what do y'all think? And then it says, which um, there is no public record of the operations or decisions of the panel, which is a subset of the White House's National Security Council. The Bible talks about them, and I've quoted this many times in recent past, the, the, you know, the wicked government that, that frames mischief by a law. This is what we're talking about more and more every day. Several current and former officials said... Um, uh, neither is there any law establishing its existence or setting out rules by which it's supposed to operate. The panel was behind the decision to aid Al-Laki, a U.S.-born militant preacher with alleged Al-Qaeda connections, <laughs> even though we, we formed Al-Qaeda, as I proved in previous teachings. We totally formed it. But other than that, it's okay. Um, he was killed by a CIA drone strike in Yemen, Late last month. The panel is purely dictatorial with no oversight, no rules, and no written records. So, in other words, Satan's already, you know, in charge of this. It's just rogue. It's just totally unlawful. It's totally satanic. And that's what it is. We have been warning for 10 years since the attacks of 9-11 that the real reason for the attacks was to overthrow the Constitution and implement the most powerful, most intrusive, and most anti-Christian government the world has ever seen. Now, we've just seen 18 examples, or 19, whatever it was, examples of the uh, this anti-Christian behavior and sentiment. We warned that the war on terror was a sham designed to set precedent that the American citizens whose names are Arabic can be imprisoned for a lifetime without charges, without the right to a trial, and without the right to legal defense. Once that precedent has been set, then Americans not of Arabic descent 
can be placed on this list. Some discerning Americans are very upset that American citizens could be placed on this kill list. Now we get to the point that leftist liberal Obama is simply continuing the eradication program started out by rightist conservative Bush. It's just two sides of the same wicked coin. You know, they're all bought and controlled and and owned by the Illuminati. It's all about the bloodlines getting into that office. It's always been. Let's read Fritz Fritz Springmeier's book, Bloodlines of the Illuminati. You know, regarding the subject, regarding the presidents and their bloodline lineage. (laughs) It's generational Luciferianism. That's who's at the the helm of this country, and, and they're just puppets. The puppet masters, the 13 families that run the earth and the Illuminati, the Rothschilds being at the very top, they're the ones that really wield the power. But, again, who are they subject to? Well, the demons and devils and fallen angels and ultimately Satan that control them. So, again, we don't want to lose sight that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And that's why we put on, you know, the whole armor of God, to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, and this ends by saying when President Obama wholeheartedly betrayed his liberal leftist supporters on this war on terror, in pursuing terrorists even more strongly than President Bush did, you are brought again to the brutal reality that Obama is following the Illuminati script just as thoroughly as President Bush did. Furthermore, by extension, we are also brought face-to-face with the hard fact that there is no real difference between Republican and Democrat parties as the leadership of both parties is equally committed to the New World Order plan. There's no difference. Two sides of the same wicked coin. Just part of the Hegelian dialectic. Okay? That's all it is. Okay, so the next part, and I think this is the last article, is entitled Trapped in America, Fascio-Communistic Police State. Now, these are some remedies from a secular author regarding, and I'm not saying I endorse everything, and and again, I basically am just going to go through a little bit of this article, I'm not going to cover all the points, uh, but I also wanted to give a a few remedies that may, some people might be thinking about doing, they may have been convicted about actually getting out of America, uh, which I'm not saying would be a bad thing, Uh, the, um, the reality is, is that and I've had some questions about this. The reality is, is that to do that is a tremendous monetary expense, pretty much. I mean, unless you have a job waiting, you're dealing with passports and visas. And if you want to literally get out of a country, and um, I've checked into this in, a long time ago in some of like the Central American countries, which I'm not advising there, but I'm just saying, I just was kicking it around for a while, and... I mean, a lot of these countries, you have to pay them an incredible fee up front in order to go to and actually become a resident or whatever, or whatever manner you're going to try to do this. There's um, a lot of conditions, many times, uh, based on certain things. And I think for the my average listener and the average born-again Bible-believing Christian, from a monetary standpoint, it's really not much of an option. And I mean, unless... You know, you have a clear open doorway and clear conviction from God to do this. You know, you had prayed, fasted about it, the doors, I mean, I just, it's just not that much of an option for a lot of people from from a monetary standpoint alone. I know it wouldn't be for me, okay? So, it's just not that easy for a lot of people. And now I'm not saying God, who's, you know, couldn't do that in a heartbeat, uh, but it's just not something cookie cutter where everybody's going to be instructed by God to do the exact same thing. So, getting into this article, it says, As Americans are waking up to the fascio-communistic police state that surrounds them. Me- fascio means fascism. Fascism literally meaning the uh, government, state, and um, business merging with like the business and the pharmaceutical industries and all the big mega corporations, and they were are literally our rulers. The, this this corporate governmental fascist uh, police state, essentially. So going further, uh, as Americans are waking up to the fascio-communistic police state that surrounds them. 
uh, and hyperinflates into worthlessness, we receive more and more emails with sad stories and desperate cries for help. The stories are often truly sad and usually entail abuse by the police or the state or being wiped out by the corrupt educational system or medical system, which are fascist systems now designed to indebt and take as much wealth from Americans as possible. Please understand that last statement. Okay, the corrupt educational systems, particularly the colleges, okay, and then the medical systems, are fascist systems that are designed to indebt and take as much wealth from Americans as possible. The corrupt college systems do that near, more near the beginning of your life. I should know, 50k in debt still. It's my only debt I've got from from a, a school loan that I took out. In chiropractic college, been paying on the thing for, I mean, 1994, and it still hasn't went down. The balance still hasn't went down. I've had times in there where I had to postpone it, okay, for certain time periods. But still, I've been paying on this thing for like 15 plus years. Balance is more than when I started it. More! And I'm paying like... Over 500 a month on this thing. It is a scam from the pit of hell. They front load everything. You pay exorbitant amounts of interest right up front. And only when all the interest is paid off does anything start eating into the principal. And evidently, I'm not even to the principal yet. That's common. What my scenario is, is very, very Common. There's other people that come out and they're two, three hundred thousand dollars in debt. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. I've done teachings on this before. I don't believe it's right to go and, and take out mortgages, okay? Which is a which actually by virtue, if you break that word down, mort means death, gauge means contract. It's a death contract. It's unlawful. They're using unjust weights and balances in a unjust, and they create the money out of thin air that they loan you anyway. And then loan it at you at this interest rate that's all front-end loaded and takes you, you know, decades and decades and decades to pay anything off. It's bondage. I was not born again, and I'm not saying that Christians that take out a loan aren't born again. I'm just saying I wasn't, I wasn't aware of this information. I was not born again when I took out that that school loan. And because I've chose to walk away from the very profession, I haven't had the ability to really knock a debt into that thing. And the thing is, is that I know I've paid way more than 50 grand on it. Way more. But, you know, and I'm just telling you that as an example. Okay? It's, it's bondage. I know what it's been to me. It's been the biggest ball and chain from a financial standpoint on my life. Is anything I've ever done. And there's all kind of doctors I've seen interviewed that, I mean, they're in like three, two hundred, $300,000 in debt, and I mean, their payments are just, forget it. And you can't really get out of these, these school loans. They're just, they're there. And I mean, they're, you know, they come after you. I mean, I, I played that art, that um, thing um, not too long ago where they actually came in, the one guy had or the one lady or something had not paid her school loan, and they came in with a SWAT team, busted the door down. Uh, she wasn't even there, but they took the, they took her boyfriend out and, and uh, handcuffed him and um, traumatized the children, and, you know, it's just SWAT. And what they're doing is they're using that as an example. They want to make sure that everybody who has school loans sees that so that they don't get out of line, you know, governmental school loans in particular. So anyway, these are corrupt, the corrupt educational system and the medical system, which are fascist systems now designed to indebt and take as much wealth from Americans as possible. So they get you on the front end with the school loans. Everybody's got to go to college, okay? Get, get as maximum in debt as you possibly can, even though there's no real jobs hardly left. Unemployment rates climbing all over. They've shipped all the jobs overseas. They've shipped our, our manufacturing Overseas, they're doing it all on purpose to destroy the middle class of America. So they have a hyper-rich and a hyper-poverty class. And then when they when they totally um, do away with the monetary system and everything hyperinflates, the money will truly be worth nothing. 
And then you will have no way to repay anything anyway. And then what they'll really want to do is really enslave everyone. That's what their plan is. And I, I'm, I'm oversimplifying things, but in a nutshell, that's what I believe they're going to try to do. They're, they're absolutely moving toward that. They're absolutely posturing that, toward that as we speak. So there is nothing we can do to change the past, obviously. Where we can help, however, is the here and now. Before I go into some thoughts and ideas to help those who feel like they are trapped in America, here is an email we received today that is quite representative of the hundreds of emails we receive every single day. Here's just a typical email. Mr. Berwick, who is the man that runs this article, after reading your article uh, entitled, The U.S. is Fast Becoming a Third World Police State, um, I had something to say. I am in total agreement, and I wish we could leave this country. But the average middle American has now, has by now been financially handicapped. We at one time had a farm and quite a bit of money in a stock market. Now we are lucky to own our little farm outright, but all other, asset, all other assets have vanished. A medical emergency wiped us out. Very typical. Uh, my father had the same problem in 1970. This particular same medical emergency. The, uh, they don't say what it is. But, um, and it cost about $12,000 to treat it in 1970. For me, it was 164000 For just a four-day hospital stay, uh, I was lucky to have been sent a ch- to a, quote, charity-rich hospital. But I was still left with several thousands in medical bills and I've had, that I've had to make payments on. I was not in ICU. This is what they charge for a hospital stay now. Um, and that's what's scary is the fact that if I had had insurance, I would have still been saddled with thirty to forty thousand dollars in debt. Well, hey, according to Obamacare, if, unless we have insurance, we can be all be thrown in jail, right? Well, I mean, that's what it says. So I was probably lucky I didn't have it. I mean, I've I told this story before, but but like when my dad died a couple years ago, it was he was in there for less than a day. And it was like $90,000. And they did no surgery. They just kept him alive. I mean, yeah, it was he was in one room. And there were nurses going in and out of there. They kept him on life support. And then finally, he, was, he went into total uh, organ and liver, everything failure. And took him off life support. There, I mean, he was, he was, he had checked out. Ninety-some thousand dollars. For less than one day. And no surgical procedures performed. None. That's, that's reasonable. I mean, everybody can afford that, right? My parents couldn't afford to have insurance. They had had their $2.5 million company stolen from them by the fifth richest family in Minnesota, most likely Luminati, uh, high-level Luciferians, had their company stolen from them, fought for 10 years to try to get it back, but they bought off all the judges all the way up to the federal level, and they had nothing. Same week, they were being evicted from their house. That in fact, literally, it was two days before we were supposed to move out. They were supposed to move out of their house that they had had for like 25 years that they had like hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in that they couldn't get out anymore because the real estate market had crashed. I know a little bit about this subject, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 90 grand. And then my mom, basically less than a year later, succumbs to cancer. And I had to sign off on that. I thought I was going to be saddled with this $200,000, $300,000 hospice bill. Thank God, and I do believe God intervened, and I was not. Because when she went into the hospital, I had to sign all the paperwork. And that meant I was responsible for the bill when she had her stroke the last time. It was... You know, it was just a real horrific time, all in, in general. But I also saw the Lord miraculously intervene, and, and my mom got saved, and that was the main, main thing. My mom got saved through that, through that stroke. I led her to the Lord right there uh, when she finally had that stroke, and she knew <laughs> I could see the tear in her eyes. Sometimes it takes the severity of the Lord to to get somebody to get saved. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. I, I know a little bit about this particular subject as well. And uh, she goes on to say, my husband hasn't been able to find a job in four years. I'm lucky to work at a school. But the bottom line is we are living on next to nothing. 
But a few years ago, we were middle-class Americans. Now we have no savings and live paycheck to paycheck. So your advice is not only good for folks that are way above average now. uh, Your advice is only good for folks that are way above average now. In other words, actually literally relocating out of America. Because, see, I get that question a lot. And so that's why I kind of wanted to broach this subject a little bit. Uh, Let's see here. No one I work with could do what you suggest. And the, with inflation coming home to roost, we will be lucky to keep food on our table. And that's from Tony in the Pacific Northwest. His answer, this is a very typical of the stories we hear regularly. It is a heart-wrenching to hear people who sound so despondent. There are reasons to keep your head up, however. Now remember, this is written purely from a secular standpoint, not from a Lord Jesus Christ standpoint. Okay, uh, But again, we're just gleaning here. Allow me to make some general comments. First, For all those in the U.S. today who still have jobs and still have assets, take heed of the many who were in your position only a few years ago and are now impoverished and left with much fewer options. If your work is in any way tied to the finance industry or government, consider that you have very little time left before you will no longer be employed. Now, I I disagree on that one. The government's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get more Big Brother-ish. I mean, look at the fleet of devils they just had to hire for TSA. Uh, 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 now, I'm not saying every one of them, but a whole bunch of them with very, very questionable pedophilic backgrounds that would gravitate to being able to grope people, you know, full body grope downs. The only way, place you can get away with that legally in America now is in an airport. Or who knows, now maybe they'll start to try to do that into, into the checkpoints too, I don't know. But I, I disagree with the government thing. I think, I think that's going to be the only jobs available is through Big Brother. Eventually. Because they'll need an army of goons in order to implement their draconian policies. So I don't, I don't know where he's coming on that end. Um, anyway, consider what you have, that you have very little time left uh, before you will no longer be employed. The financial industry has been built on 40 years of fiat cur- currency-based debt. It has been an illusion. It was not real. It was not real wealth created. And when the U.S. dollar-based financial system collapses, it will leave a black hole in the financial industry that will make Black Monday feel like the best of times. Government jobs as well are illusionary and dependent on the printing of money to continue. Well, yeah, I think they're going to have a a contingency plan. They'll come out with their either intermediate currency or maybe one world global currency. I think it's going to be more something like the Amero or uh, initially. Um, to just go right to a global currency, that seems like too much of a progression all at once. But, again, I'm not like the financial guru. Uh, if you have extra income, stop all unnecessary consumption and save as much as possible. But, of course, not in U.S. dollars. Put your savings into gold or silver. Now, I had a guy get mad at me because I said something about um, G. Edward Griffith, who is a total New Age devil. I'm sorry, but he is. And I'll be the first to admit that. Do I think his book, The Creature of Jekyll Island, is, is not good, though? I think it's very good as regarding the looking at the foundation of how our modern-day monetary system was formed, the Federal Reserve, the private Federal Reserve um, that essentially issues all money, which is printed basically out of thin air. I think he did a great job on that. I don't agree with him theologically, is what I'm talking about. I don't agree with... His New Age stuff, and he is New Age, so don't kid yourself. He's just been featured in one of these New Age DVDs. But he was saying that uh, G. Edward Griffith's solution to everything is gold and silver. Okay, and then this is a partial response to a list to this listener who feels because of Ezekiel seven nineteen that we should never use gold or silver. That's the impression I got. Okay, Ezekiel 7.19, just so you know, says, They shall cast their silver into the streets, and their gold shall be removed. And their silver and their gold shall not be able to, de- to deliver them in the day of wrath, in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They shall not satisfy their souls, neither fill their bowels, because it is a stumbling block, because it is the stumbling block of their iniquity. Okay, so let's look at this in context here, okay? My response was, okay, what would you have Christians do in regard to modern day money. At present, we can only use, really use the worthless fiat paper money our wonderful government has given us that is backed by nothing. 
Gold and silver since antiquity and in the Bible have always been used as a just way to engage in commerce. Remember, it's the love of money that's the root of all, root of all evil. And then money in biblical times was gold and silver. Okay, Now, <laughs> it's fiat, fake, unjust weights and balances types of currency. Okay, At least when it was gold and silver, it was real. You could hold it in your hand and use it. So, gold and silver since antiquity and in the Bible has always been used as a, quote, just way to engage in commerce. So are you telling me that the unjust paper money that is issued is better than gold or silver? I mean, think about that one. Don't, don't you dare store up any gold or silver because it would, okay, what do we, what's, well, how do you run your day-to-day life? Do you, like, conjure things? How, how does it appear? I mean, I'm just talking about living in the real world here. Okay, so I ask him, do you not use any money in your day-to-day life? I mean, because the fiat's wicked, and I guess, you're, according to you, the gold and silver are wicked too. Okay, it says they cast their gold, I said, they cast their gold and their silver into the streets. Why? Because they are under God's judgment. Read that one verse and read the chapter of Ezekiel 7. They're under God's judgment for being wicked. And trusting in this very same gold and silver to deliver them. Where, what, 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 how do you know that? It says right here, Ezekiel seven nineteen. Their gold, um, they will cast their silver in the streets. Their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. That's what they were trusting in. Because it is their stumbling block of their iniquity. This same dynamic, though, would not be true of a born-again Bible-believing Christian. Or it shouldn't be. (laughs) You know, are you uh, trusting in your gold and silver to deliver you? I mean, because if you are, yeah, I mean, that's not something you would want to do. But is it wicked to um, actually, and I'm not talking about laying up your treasures here on earth where we're moffing, you know, your silver can be cankered and the moth, you know, all that stuff. There's Bible verses regarding that. But if you had savings, okay, and you are a giver type of person and you have given to the poor and to the widows and the orphans and to worthy ministries and these types of things. And, and I mean, God knows your heart, okay? I mean, are we supposed to live on absolutely zero. I mean, maybe some people are actually called to that. Maybe some people are literally called to, you know, do that. But the Bible says, as a man hath purposed in his heart, so let him give. It says that in Corinthians. That's the concept of New Testament giving, which I've done a whole teaching on. Just key in New Testament giving versus the Old Testament Levitical tithe, or any of those words, and you'll find it. Okay, so I don't want to get into a study on that or a debate on that issue, because I've already done that. I've already covered that particular subject. Um, but I just think it's wrong to indict gold and silver, which is a just weight and measure, essentially, as like wicked. Yeah, if you're putting your trust in it, sure. But, okay, then let's extrapolate that further. Is it wicked to store food or to have provisions to purify water um, or maybe medical, um, and I don't mean like drugs so much, but, you know, just things that you might need in the future? Is that all wicked? Or is it better just to do nothing and just go along with the Big Brother system and try to be dependent on Big Brother when everything really, really gets bad? Or would it be better to actually have some things stored, as the Bible talks about, go to the ant, consider its ways, you know, gather its food in summer so it has essentially food in the winter? Um, there's a lot of different Bible verses. The um, uh, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. You have the example of Joseph in the Bible, and I've, I've given all these Bible verses where they took the seven years of plenty, and they took a certain portion of that and put it aside. You know, And Joseph was led of the Lord to do that, so that they had food in the seven years of famine. Okay, That's another thing. Um, a man that provideth not for his own house is, um, has, is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. Well, wouldn't this kind of go in those same... Wouldn't that kind of uh, be in the same vein as that? 
Now granted, if God specifically instructed you to do nothing and to take no precautions, no provision, and you got a family, I'm sorry, I have a hard time with that one. <laughs> you know, no, nothing to fall back on whatsoever. I'm not saying God can't feed you in the wilderness, but if you've been given the opportunity to prepare and done nothing, you know, that's between you and God. That's all I want to say about it. But let's go further here. So we're just about done here. And if you've had the idea to expatriate, expatriate to another country, um, meaning living in another country, uh, like if you if you expatriate from America to wherever, Costa Rica or wherever you want to go, uh, he's saying do it now while you still have the financial means to support yourself for the first few months or years until you can make a life for yourself somewhere else. He's got, I think, a whole checklist here, and I, I give you some links. One of them is how to move to another country, how to move to a foreign country, how to immigrate to another country. I'm not necessarily endorsing that. I think there's some general guidelines, but you would really want to check in, if you had been convicted about this, you would really want to check in prior to what that specific country would require of you before you made that kind of move, because you may find it's a ton of money in order to do it in an expedited manner. I heard something about with Canada too. It was, it was like into the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in order to, yeah, you can do it, but you know, you better have an extra 400, you know, and I, how many widows and orphans or worthy ministries could that help? So I don't know. I mean, that's, again, that's between you and God. I'm just here to try to kind of steer you hopefully in the right direction, and give you some resources or avenues you can explore, if you had ever had that conviction. So, um, if you have no jobs or assets, all is not lost if you've been wiped out. Just because you have no job or prospects in the U.S. does not mean there aren't plenty of opportunities elsewhere. For Americans, look no further than Canada. Canada cannot find enough people to work in the oil sands, and many of these jobs are six-figure jobs, even for basic labor. As well, many other mining camps in Canada are in the same situation. And Canada is easy enough where you could take a bus up there, if you're from America, look up Canadian mining companies. Most are listed on the TSX or TSX Venture Exchange. Call them about work, or even just go up and talk with them. Well, if, and I've heard a lot of this uh, talk that, well, number one, silver is very much a precious metal that is being used at a high rate in the industrial field, in uh, technological things, applications, and things of this nature. Gold, not so much. But if they do go to a gold-backed currency, which I have heard, like the coming next currency they might present, uh, then... What this guy is saying, what a lot of other people are saying, is a lot of these mining companies are going to really um, boom as a result of most likely gold and silver going to the level where they actually should rightfully be. They're actually being artificially manipulated by the Illuminati boys quite readily um, right now. They actually should be at a much higher level, both gold and silver, particularly silver. And... Um, if those were to explode, obviously there's going to be more impetus for people or mining companies to mine. So again, I'm not sitting here to endorse anything. I'm just here to present you with a little bit of things you might want to think about. I don't know. Uh, remember to think outside the box. The world of go to college, get a job for life is over. See, that, people ask me about that. And they are like, well, I'm, I'm going to go into college. I'm sorry, but honestly, I think it's too late. You're, we don't have that much time. I don't know if we have another month. I don't know if we have another week before things implode. And in that point, any kind of, of, of degree that you're pursuing, it, it, you might as well not even have ever pursued it. Okay, so I don't tell anybody to go to chiropractic college anymore. Particularly anybody that asks me about it, you know, I mean, Christians that ask me about it, these types of things, no, I would not. If I could have done it all over again, I don't think I would have done it. I would have probably just went straight into ministry. But, you know, God has a plan for everybody, and I wasn't saved until I was 24, so it was after I even graduated chiropractic college, about four or five months. 
So I went to chiropractic college for like six years straight. And uh, double double a full load, uh, 25 credit hours a semester for four years. And then I had to pass national boards and then the Florida State Board, which is brutally hard. And um, didn't really even use the, ultimately didn't really even use the degree that I, I just ultimately got into ministry. So I don't regret it. It's just that if I could have done things over again, I probably would have just went right into ministry. Uh, but I probably wouldn't be here if I would have done that because the stuff that I'm getting into now, they did not let you say this same stuff back in 19, early 90s and stuff like that. Those people are usually dead. Which, hey, you know, if that would happen, it would happen. But um, a lot of things that are going on now are allowed to be said. And I'm not saying God doesn't have everything to do with it, protecting me, because I do believe that. But also, the Illuminati's agenda is so far along, they're actually allowing and not so upset about people saying this type of stuff because they feel like, well, we're so far along now, they can't do anything about it anyway. Let them warn the, the masses, you know. So, anyway, then it goes on to say, educate yourself and find inventive ways to make yourself of value to others. Well, you know. Uh, anyway, so that's the study for today. Uh, we'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I do pray, Lord, for your wisdom for your knowledge, for your discernment regarding all of these matters, regarding uh, a lot of the wickedness that we have talked about, regarding how you would have us pray about it, Lord, your divine intervention regarding these matters, regarding, Lord God, the sacrifices that are scheduled to take place um, literally uh, within the next day regarding Halloween. I do pray in the name of Jesus Christ for your intervention in every single one of these sacrifices worldwide, Lord. Man, woman, children, animal, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ for your intervention, that you would spare them, that your fear would be upon these occultists that are attempting these things, and that that fear would drive them toward the Lord Jesus Christ, toward his finished work on the cross, that their souls would be saved, if it be possible. Um, I just pray that they would not prosper in their wickedness, Lord God, that you would stop this wickedness, and that your name would be glorified as a result of this. We pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our meditation, our words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer and that your name would be glorified through us, Lord, and that you would use us to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.